Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Capitals Report. It is Wednesday, October 11th. John Walton and my man Mike Vogel playing hurt today, but he's fighting through. He's tough. He's a hockey guy. The Caps, the Penguins tonight at Capital One Arena. And uh, questions coming in. We'll get to some of those in a moment. But as the Caps come back from Tampa Bay, that's one that got away. Uh, a yeah. game where you've got a two-goal lead, and one of the hallmarks of Barry Trotz during his coaching tenure here is lock it down. And Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Breaking point coming up with a winner in overtime. Yeah, you know, they came pretty close to killing off that penalty. They got to within 14 seconds, and they, they did that in the opening night in Ottawa, killed off a, a four-on-three penalty in, uh, in overtime that enabled them to get that shootout win. But, uh, you know, I, 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 like you said, Johnny, two-goal lead late in the second, that's usually lockdown time for these guys. They've only lost three games in regulation out of, you know, 120 or so uh, that they've led after two periods uh, since Barry took over. Um, this one, uh, you know, it's funny, you, you talk to them after the game, T.J. Oshie mentioned that he thought they sat back. Barry Trotz mentioned that he thought they sat back, and they both mentioned that it's, it's a common occurrence early in the season, and, uh, you know, they'll try to get it out of their game. I, I think, actually, they're pretty fortunate to get the one point that they did get. I agree with you. And they, they'll fill Grubauer um, full marks for his performance because that's what got him that point. Uh, he was under siege there, especially during that first of those two too many men on the ice calls. Yeah, the shots on goal in the third period, 17-6 to six in favor of Tampa, and they certainly didn't let up in overtime, a bench minor for too many men, and they're off and running. They end up winning. So the first blemish on Washington's record, now 2-0-1 going into the game against Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, question from Rachel, uh, talking third deep pair, uh, yeah. given the interesting play, and interesting is in quotes, uh, by Ness and Shorty, what are the chances we finally see Juice in the lineup tonight? There, I don't think there's any hiding the fact that Ness and Shorney have had their struggles, but let's bear this in mind. It's been three games. Yeah. Uh, there have been a lot of – I think you can pick any team in the league. I think one of the things that we've really seen and I've, over the last couple of years with any team you want to pick is that you have a week or two where the time and space is greater because the defensive structures are still gelling and still solidifying. Yeah. We saw it, you know, and, and Alex Zilvechkin, the beneficiary of that a little bit, he had a lot of time and space. You sure. do that to Alex, you see what happens. Seven goals in two games. Uh, that's not something that over the course of 82 games happens. Conversely, with the guys like that, uh, they're in different roles. Chorney didn't play much last year. Ness, his first real taste consecutively out yeah. of the blocks of NHL time, uh, giving him a little time to gel. Juice will be in there, too, at some point, too. But uh, just to... Keep in mind, it's a pretty small sample size. It is. It's, I mean, and you look at it, the, the, they should be very pleased to have pulled five out of six points because there's a real fine line. I mean, you could easily see a way that they lose the Ottawa game in regulation. Oh, they could sure. be sitting here with two points right now. So the fact that they have five in the bank is, is pretty nice. But let's not sugarcoat it. The, the third pair has been um, interesting is a good word. Look, we knew that with the departure of Carl Alsner and Nate Schmidt, there would have to be some new blood moved into the lineup, and there just wasn't the money in the salary cap budget to bring in um, established players from the outside. So what you're looking at here, and, you know, I think this goes back to the fact that they did not have a very good training camp. Training camp was, uh, Barry Trotz pronounced it kind of an utter disaster up until the last couple of games there, the last few days. The guys finally got their act together and, and it started to show, but I think that hurt. Uh, some of the young kids who are trying to, you know, nail down a spot. So what you have in Ness and Shorney are a couple of guys in their late 20s um, who've been knocking around as pros for a long time, and they've kind of established themselves as, as what they are, you know, seventh defensemen, and now you're, you're using them both. 
they're both playing above their pay grade, so to speak. They're playing on that third mm -hmm. pair, so one of them's a five, one of them's a six. They're both really legitimately sevens, and, and good sevens, I think. But uh, I, I don't think it's sustainable. I think they're going to have to, uh, to me, their whole, their whole season hinges on how fast they can develop um, players like Bowie, players like Juice, to slide into that line. If there's no way this team is going to be able to roll through 82 games with those four defensemen, Niskanen, Orloff, Orpik, and Carlson um, playing the minutes that they've played through the first three games of the season. Um, they, they've been used to playing a, a, a very even, a light workload these last couple of years, and they're being uh, rode really hard here in the early going. And starting tonight, you got three games and four nights, which finishes a stretch of six and ten. So uh, the schedule does you no favors, and, and uh, these guys, they're good defensemen, but they can only do so much. Carlson's average ice, and again, sample size is very small, three minutes up over last year, or off almost six minutes up over last year. Orpik's uh, average rate now is as high as since 2011-12. It's, it's just not sustainable. No, they've got to be able to come up with some answers. And uh, as far as uh, the question about Madison Bowie and a couple of you asking about him as well, Daniel, when should we expect a Bowie call-up after Wilson's suspension is over? Uh, it's certainly possible, but uh, that gives him a little bit more flexibility. The four-game suspension for Wilson will end after tonight's game. He'll be back in the lineup, no question, on yeah. Friday against New Jersey. That does give them the extra four. They've been playing with 23. If they want to come up with another defenseman and given the minutes that are being logged, I uh, would think sooner rather than later. Madison Bowie did a lot to, during camp to show that he yeah. belongs here at the beginning, but he got squeezed out by numbers. We will probably, I would think, see Bowie at some point here before too long. Yeah, I'm pretty encouraged about um, Madison Bowie and uh, Connor Hobbs and, and Jonas Siegenthaler and Christian Juice. I mean, there's, there's a lot of young defensemen. Um, that are coming, and and I, you know, I had a conversation with Brooks Orpik um, off, um, off mic, off camera a couple days ago, where he told me that he was impressed with all those guys as well, and thinks that they might all be able to play up here. So um, it's just a matter of figuring out. You know, I'm not sure what their their stance or their philosophy is as far as how how long they want to try to you know muddle through with uh, with Ness and Chorney here. Or if um, you know you start to work in juice, Barry did say that he wanted to get juice into the lineup fairly soon. That was before we went to Tampa. Um, I, you know, normally, you don't, you, especially with young players, you don't want them sitting yeah. too long. So three games. Uh, I mean, I guess there's a school of thought that it's tough for him to, to go in against the Penguins. But hey, um, you pick your poison. Uh, this league's not easy, no matter who you're playing against. So mm -hmm. you might as well, um, you know, endure a little baptism by fire. But uh, you know, morning skate starting here shortly. We'll find out. But um, I, I think that, like I said, I think they're fortunate to have the five points that they have. And I think, you know, this, this October schedule is pretty rugged. And um, I think they'd be, they'd be doing well to go about six and six, come out of it with, you know, 12 points, um, given the, the, the heavy road and, and, and the, uh, the heavy number of road games and the quality of the opponents. The breaking news as we are in here and the skate just getting started. Isabel Kershuting from the Pulse saying Christian Juice is in tonight for Taylor Chorney. So we'll see if that's indeed the case. But I'm sure Isabel knows what she's talking about there. Uh, just something to bear on. Uh, Nick asking about once Wilson's suspension is over, who do you see leaving the fourth line mm. for him? Well, to be clear, I think he's going to be in the third line. Yeah. Uh, Alex Chason likely to slide down. You could probably go a number of different directions. If you like what you've gotten out of Chason defensively, haven't seen a lot of him offensively yet, yeah. uh, but he's a defensive-type player. 
Uh, if you keep him in, uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly could be a guy, although I like DSP. Yeah, I think he's been pretty too. good. Uh, the forwards as a whole, uh, and to answer Nick's question here too before we wrap it up, but uh, really like what we've seen. Uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Brana for sure have shown. Now yeah. we see Oshie with three goals in two games. Uh, Nick, Nicky coming up with three points yeah. in the game in Tampa. And, you know, the bottom six, uh, Walker's chemistry with Beagle. The forwards have been pretty yeah. good. I think you can go one to four and say, you know what? I'll take that through three games. You've actually got a glut of forwards. Um, you know, when you look down in, in, in Hershey and you've got guys like Travis Boyd and Riley Barber down there too who uh, – you know, you believe can can come up and fill in at some point this season as well. Um, and once Wilson comes back, you've got, you know, probably one more than you need on the roster. Um, but it's going to make for some tough decisions because uh, I think the guys that you mentioned, Walker, um, Chason, Smith-Pelly, have all played well and, and probably deserve to be in the lineup. And Gravac only played on opening night in Ottawa, but he had a great camp, and, and he hasn't been able to get back in uh, since either. So... Um, they've, they've got a little bit of uh, leeway up front. I don't know that there's enough of um, a surplus there that you'd be able to convert that into anything on the blue line. Probably not because we're talking about minimum wage guys. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to be able to find uh, turn over a gem out there and you know, suddenly bring in a top 4D um, with one of these guys. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this roster sort of sorts itself out here over the next uh, few weeks and, and few months, really. I think there's going to be a lot of fluctuation all season. Yeah, certainly no question that the defense is in flux. The forward's pretty good. And the goaltending, Brayden Holt be getting the start tonight for Washington as they take on Pittsburgh. Television tonight, NBCSN. No Joe being locker tonight on NBC Sports Washington, but you can see the game with Mike Everett on NBCSN. Radio side, 106.7 FM, 1500 AM. Both of those after Nats playoffs. They play the Cubs today at just after 4 o'clock. We'll join that in progress right from the beginning. We'll get going with Caps Talk and Ben Ravy at 4 o'clock all the way to 7.30 on Caps Radio 24-7. That'll do it for this edition of the Capitals Report.